You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name's Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we're going to discuss engagement type and how that drives the type of firm you become. And we have a member with us today. Her name is Cynthia Clint, and Cynthia and I are going to have a discussion regarding this subject. Cynthia, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Sure, happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And would you provide a proper introduction of yourself and your firm to the audience, please? Sure. Um, like you said, my name is Cynthia Clint. The company that I work for it goes by BRC, but the long name is Biodynamic Research. Um, we've been in business for about 36 years. I've been with the company 23 of those. And what we do is we help people understand how injuries happen. And we do that by answering two questions, primarily in a litigation setting. The first question is, did an injury occur? And if so, how? Wow. That's a fascinating field. I can imagine the litigation services around that <laughs> for sure. I hope no one's ever asking me that question. I hope I never say yes. Did an injury yeah, occur? Yeah, people... When people say they haven't heard of us, I'm always I always tell them that they should be glad. Yeah. It means they've probably never been in a, an accident that required litigation. So, right. so for, for context, who is the typical client? Uh, primarily our clients are attorneys. Okay. Although we, we work directly from time to time for uh, individuals or insurance companies. Okay, got it. Okay, so let me set up today's conversation. Generally speaking, and I admit I am oversimplifying here, but in the time that we have, that'll work. There's kind of two types of engagements. There's what I call elephant hunting, and that is really big engagements. And, you know, they could they could last months, if not years, and cost hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And, and firms that have those types of engagements tend to have, relatively speaking, a smaller number of clients but each client spends a lot of money. And that's one style of firm. In contrast, the other type of firm, which I call rabbit hunters, are firms that do small, quick, inexpensive engagements, but they do them in volume. And they tend to have, firms like that tend to have lots and lots and lots of clients, but each client only spends a little. And the important thing here is to understand what type of engagements you're selling, and therefore what type of company you're becoming, because in the end, we become who we serve. And I would suggest that scaling is easier when you pick one or the other, and it becomes more difficult when you try to do both. I'm not saying one is better than the other, I'm just advocating for picking one over the other. So Cynthia, given my oversimplification, if I was to force you to put yourself in one of those two categories, Ugh. which category are you in? It's a really tough question to answer. And like several members have said, the yes, no is, is a tough question. <laughs> um, you know, I thought about this a lot, went back and read, reread the chapter. And um, if I had to be forced to pick, I would, I would say we're more like the rabbit. 
Okay. Um, the bulk of our of our cases tend to be um, quicker turn, uh, lower revenue, but quite frankly, we're a combination of the two. You are. We are. Okay. And and that's okay. I mean, you, you've been in business for thirty six years. Obviously, it's working, right? Um, so, if you have both styles in the firm, is it true or false that's difficult to manage and difficult to scale? It is true. Hmm. I think it certainly complicates. Um, the way that you manage the different clients and the way that you manage the logistics in supporting those different clients. Yeah, and that's the real challenge, right? Because you have to staff these projects. Right. And and it's a different staffing model usually. Um, In the rabbit space, if you will, a single person might have many, many, many clients. So therefore, he or she is only spending so much time with each client. It's just right. mathematics. Right. On the other side of it, you know, if you're in the elephant business, you might have one or two clients, and you're spending right. a ton of time with those one or two clients. So, when you say logistically, it's difficult to manage. Is that what you're referring to? Or are there other logistical items? So, you know, in litigation, you're probably familiar that you know litigation can drag out for a really long time. Um, and most cases, I would say, the desire is to um, move to, towards some sort of settlement. And that's why I say the bulk of what we do is, is really um, the smaller cases or the quicker turn cases. Logistically, what's difficult is, is really maintaining um, the ability to manage the longer term ca- cases. Mm. Because um, like you said, you know, we have some cases that literally have been our book, on our books for 20 years. Wow. Um, and so um, but most of them are shorter. And and one of the things that's happened in litigation is there's a, is a push toward quicker turnaround. Uh, and that's something that we're really working toward being able to, uh, to manage because you have to staff or have processes that support. The, the same client can bring you a rabbit case and an elephant case. Oh, really? And so the the thing is, you know, you want to be able to say yes, regardless of the turnaround time, because when they come to us, it's because they need our help. They need us to help clarify what's happening. Yeah. Um, and so we want to be able to do that objectively, accurately, um, but we we need sometimes need to be able to do that quickly. Hmm. So from a logistics standpoint, it's it's about the processes, it's about um, the staffing, um, and it's about calendar management. Uh, which is, you know, we're driven by court deadlines. Mm. So our deadlines are very much on the outside. And so we have to be um, in lockstep with our client to make sure that we can meet the deadlines that they're really subject to. Does that answer your question? It it does. In fact, I have several follow-up questions, if I may. So now I know why you have both, because you have one client who can bring you two scenarios. And I mean, what are you going to do? Tell that client no? Of course not, right? So you have to be responsive to that client's individual needs. So my follow-up client, my follow-up question, excuse me, would be, does the client understand that what he or she is asking for is two different things, and in, 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 is he accommodating, or do you have to educate? Um, so again, I hate to sound like a lawyer, but yes and no. <laughs> because, 
um, because they do understand, but oftentimes our clients are under the gun as well. Um, And so they may understand, but it doesn't change the fact that they need our, they need us to help them in that situation. And so they often are very accommodating. They will work with us. They, you know, do their best to create timelines that make it possible for us to do a thorough job, which is something we always want to do and always strive to do. Um, so they do understand, they do work with us, but sometimes they have no control over that deadline. And yeah. so, um, you know, it's, we're here to provide the best answers that we can, not necessarily the answers that they want, but the best answers that we can with the time and the information that were provided. Right. You know, for the listeners, this is a very unusual case. And it's, it, I'm so glad that, it, that we're on the call today because it's, it's a rich learning experience. Normally, under normal situations, it's much easier because there's a certain type of client, maybe a Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. and they're only going to do the big projects. And then there's another type of client, the small business, and they're going to do the small projects. In Cynthia's case, it's one client with two different needs. And, and what makes it even more complicated is that the timeline is dictated by the court's deadline. It's not dictated by the project team, and it's not dictated by the client. It's dictated by an independent third party. And boy, that can make, I would imagine that makes it rather stressful. Like does the working backwards from that timeline and that deadline being outside of your control, how, how do you scope work? Um, well, you know, being in business this long, we've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's several components that go into our work product. So ultimately the work product is the objective opinion of the expert. You know, mm-hmm. this is what we employ, um, physicians with engineering degrees, as well as accident reconstructionists who are engineers. And so again, their goal is to understand what happened, not only in the accident or in the incident, but what happened to the person. And so we're getting different kinds of, of materials, legal documents, medical documents. Um, you know, sometimes if there's a product involved, we may be getting product information. And so what we've done is is really the model that, that Collective 54 promotes, which is leveraging. We have specialists in each of those areas. And so we have nurses who will go through and organize the medical records to make it more efficient for the expert. We have paralegals who will do the same thing with the legal documents and so forth. And so um, scoping it really is about understanding the the volume of the materials Mm -hmm. and then being able to apply our experience, knowledge, and and determine for the client what our timeline looks like. Mm -hmm. And it it can be variable. because, you know, if you have something that, for example, if you have a case with a long medical history, you can have thousands and thousands of pages of medical records that have to be dealt with. Mm. And so, um, so, you know, our goal is to take our experience and really apply it to that and give the client an understanding of what the timeline can be um, and what the, the cost may be as it relates to that. Now, with this group of specialists, paralegals, the nurses, the engineers, it's a fascinating story. I had no idea this existed. I'm, it's really intriguing. Um, how do you match? Well, maybe I have another question. I was going to ask, how do you match revenue with expenses? Because the way it normally works in ProServe is you get a project and it's worth X amount of dollars. Yep. You staff it and that's your cost and the delta is your profit. Here, I guess, do you know what the revenue is? Or are, you, are you waiting for the settlement? How does that, how does it work? Well, so, so that's a great question, Greg. We are not on a contingency basis. Okay. So we, because we are objective, so 
we're hired to look at something very objectively and it, it is irrespective of the outcome. So we don't really have um, a dog in the fight, so to speak. Um, our job is to come in and really give insight and clarity and educate the client as to what happened so that they can make a decision on how to proceed with their case. And sometimes, you know, the answer is not what a client may want to hear. And, that, and it's still our job to, to share that information because that's helpful information as they make decisions. Right. So, um, so the way that the revenue is, it's we're, we build time and materials. And, um, and so we will, you know, bill on a monthly basis. And with these specialists, and I mentioned three, nurses, um, engineers, um, what was the third one I mentioned? I just lost Paralegals. That. Paralegals, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, I think in senior, mid-level, and junior staff, and I think about associated costs and rates for that. Is it that simple, or is it more complicated in your scenario? So, um, so it actually has several more layers than what you've described. So our um, we have our physicians with engineering degrees, and that's really the, the client, the most client-facing role. So that is the expert that the client is hiring. And so they are the person who is providing consultation and giving an opinion and that kind of thing. We also have, um, and in that role, they're acting as what we call biomechanics. So mm. what happened to the person? Um, we also have the engineers, and those we have various levels. Let me back up. The physicians, we have various levels based on experience. One of the big components um, in an expert's career is obtaining experience in a testifying situation. So giving an opinion Mm -hmm. is one component, but testifying is another component. And the more senior you become, the more testifying history you build, um, the more in demand you are, because you've proven that not only can you come up with an objective opinion, but you can communicate that to a jury, a judge, or a client. And so Um, So the more senior you are, you have a higher billing rate. Um, And then we have that same model in our engineering group, same thing. Mm -hmm. So the engineers are looking at the vehicle dynamics. So not so much the application of um, the forces to the body, but more, you know, how does the vehicle move? How does, how do the forces applied to the body? Um, And so we have different levels there. The, the staff, the support staff, the paralegals, the nurses, um, other groups that we have that support, we have a technical librarian, we have a test facility, we have a group that, um, what we call uh, the technical resource group. So all of these work in support of these two, or these groups, uh, the physician engineer and the engineers, um, they're all at a fixed rate by department. Okay. And that's how you drive your leverage model. Yes. It's through, it's through those tiers. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and the goal is always, you know, to get the client um, what the the opinion in a way that is least costly to them. Yeah. Because you can have a physician uh, at their billing rate organizing all the materials, but that doesn't seem like a very good use of their time or cost. Right. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well, let's, let's conclude here. So today we were talking about uh, how the type of engagement you market and deliver determines the type of firm you are. And we had a very real case here because it's not as black and white as we would want it to be. And Cynthia's uh, thought about this a lot. And what I find fascinating about her case is even though it's a blend, they have figured out a leverage model and they've done it through specializing their labor force and making sure working backwards from the client's need that they get the client what they need with the right level of investment and money and time, which is a really interesting case. And 
I'm not surprised your firm's been around as, as long as you have. That's a really specialized service. So, um, Cynthia, thank you for being on the show. It was it was wonderful to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. And uh, for those that are interested in, in this topic, the engagement type, and those like it, you can pick up a copy of the book, The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm. You can find it on Amazon. I'm proud to say we just hit number one in our little niche category. And then uh, for those that are interested in meeting leaders of professional services firms like Cynthia, consider joining our mastermind community. It's collective54.com. Thank you. And Cynthia, have a good rest of your day, okay? Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye.